Hey, Brian. I'll do. Um, yeah, go on. Just want to check. No, I just, I just, I just, I didn't work. <laughs> no, it didn't matter. I'm not stopping. Yeah, you don't have to stop. Uh, no, so uh, just before we go any further, Owen, how's your week been? Oh, it's phenomenal. Always is. Okay. Is there anything you want to share? Any <laughs> any personal news? What are you Brian at? Well, for context, listeners, I got a phone call earlier this week uh, from Owen. Um, uh. Never... Never once had he done this before. He called me, asked me if I was alone, if I could speak, like, in private. I, I thought something tragic had happened back home. I thought maybe, finally, his girlfriend had seen sense and kicked him out and he's going to need a place to stay. I thought I thought it was something big. <laughs> Coming soon, folks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but that call did happen later on that week. But um, this call in particular, what had happened, Owen? I was getting sized up for a new bike. Um, and... I was looking online for the details of which, and I've always, throughout my whole life, um, thought I was six foot two, um, <laughs> and for some reason they there's Cannondale Super Six Evo One Hundred Five gorgeous bike. It's been sized up for it. She fitted me on the fifty eight, and it just it uh, it felt a lot too big, and that was for six foot to six foot three people. So I was very confused. <laughs> I was very confused because obviously I had it in my mind that I was six foot two all my all my literally all my life since I was maybe fifteen, sixteen. Based on the fact my mum told me I was six foot two and a measure off in the living room. I even had the mark. She must have overmarked. But anyway, yeah, I get on the fifty six, just feels comfortable. Just feels <laughs> unreal. I'm, I'm asking the lady at the shop, I'm like, hang on a minute, this is it's for you know, it's for people that are, you know, five eight to six foot or whatever. For so people below, she's six like, foot. yeah, no, so below average, yeah, yeah, because six foot is average, right? Yeah, so she's she's like, no, that, that fits, that that literally fits, um, and yeah, it it it, uh, and she, it was disastrous for me because she must have she was politely trying to tell me I wasn't six two <laughs> while I was saying it's weird because I'm six two, <laughs> and this bike is just not fitting at all. Um, anyway, so, so yeah, wrap, to wrap it up, um, I'm 5'11", 0.5 man, um, and yeah, I'm not the tall, handsome chap I thought I was, I'm just like everyone else. Well, you're not though, because you're actually below average. Well, six foot, six, six foot, foot is average. average. Six foot is average for not a global average. average. For British people. <laughs> six foot's not a British average. <laughs> it is now. British average size. For the sake of this story, British it definitely is. Average I'll show you it was. Because my dad's six foot and my mum's five seven, and they both said they're bang on the national average. Mm. Piss off. It's five foot nine. For a man? man in England, yeah, five foot nine. Behave. There's not that many short people. And then I'm going to go about. international average? Well, that will be short, yeah. <laughs> Why? <laughs> yeah. Uh, human height. Oh, because the hobbits. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> the, av- <laughs> the average man <laughs> is five foot nine in the UK. Five uh, no. No, no, no. The average height for men in the US, worldwide, here we go. God, what a short lads of people. <laughs> the average height for an American man stands under five foot ten inches. Okay, yeah. Alright, well I'm so above, above average. Above average in the US. <laughs> <laughs> but not maybe not globally. Um, so yeah, if any of you have had anything traumatic this week, uh, to do with size and remember size doesn't matter. Uh, yeah. yeah, get so, in touch. So you use it. It's to fit comfortably on a Cannondale Super Six Evo 105. Hello and welcome to the Great Escape Podcast, the podcast all about leaving home and flying the nest. Today, I, Ryan, will be hosting today with my good friend Owen, as unfortunately our usual host, Mark, can't be with us today. Where is he, Owen? Well, I mean, look, I actually can't say for legal reasons where he is, um, but it had something to do with a couple of old tweets they found. <laughs> Less than, uh, yeah, they didn't really meet the, the mark. So, yeah, unfortunately, Mark's um, temporarily been taken off the pod. Um, while he sorts out that legal matter, but hopefully he'll be back soon, and uh, we can, you know, we can get the gang back together. But for now, um, 
Well, uh, you know, I was going to say uh, I wish you well, Matt, but after what after what they found, <laughs> I'm not after sure. After what I read, yeah, I'm not sure. He doesn't until proven guilty. Yeah, 100. Yeah. percent All right, yeah. yeah. Well, maybe he can clear his name when he returns. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, for those you've not listened before, every week uh, we have a guest, and this week is one that we've been planning for a while, and it's a very good friend of ours. It's our friend Joe. Joe moved here from Vancouver to Portsmouth eight years ago. Is a solid member of my Owens football team. It's just an all-round good egg. So, how are Aww. you, Joe? Thanks, Welcome. Thanks for, thanks for coming on. Oh, how are thanks. you? Oh, well, even better now after those <laughs> kind words. I feel all, I feel all inflated. That's Before good. we start, Joe, you haven't said anything problematic on Twitter, have you? Because <laughs> we don't want to have to go back and get <laughs> Not on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. okay, I was going to say, I can guarantee you, I have never said anything inappropriate on Twitter. As for other social media platforms, <laughs> Instagram yeah. where, is where the skeletons I, lie. Let's just say I'm glad Vine's not running anymore. Right? <laughs> I will say recently, anybody watched, just to warm us in a little bit, anybody watched The Social Dilemma? Yes. Uh, yes. Yeah, I did watch it. I took off all the notifications on my phone, and now, the like, I used to say I didn't use social media, but go on our podcasts quite a lot just to get that fixed, but I don't even do that mm-hmm. anymore. How are you guys with it? Did you take off any notifications, Ralph? Um, I did watch the film. I didn't take anything off. Um, because you hated it. <laughs> I didn't enjoy the film. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, standard, it was too, it was too popular. Too mainstream yeah, to like it. I so. saw people talking about it. And <laughs> it I was like, no, no. Yeah, no, I, I, didn't, I didn't enjoy the film from a film point of view. The points they made. <laughs> we'll <laughs> never it. die on that hill. Uh, yeah, yeah. That, that family was there's annoying. A, there's a chance <laughs> you might get ill from being so pompous. I'm sorry, but they were just bad parents. Okay, yeah. the actual plot device of the family was really annoying. Like when yeah. they sat around having dinner and she just gets a hammer within 20 seconds. Yeah. Joe, we usually have some quick fire questions to warm you up, although you feel pretty hot already, to be fair. But just uh, get the ball rolling, Owen. 100%. I'll go through some quick fire. So, Joe, I, the, you know, the prep for the quick fire has been a little bit laxy this week because I was learning to edit the podcast. Cause I'm Mark's deleting tweets. 100 Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Very worried. <laughs> uh, no, because because of the you know the the lack of one of our members, we um yeah we obviously I've I've taken over the editing process. So um, that took a lot of time out of my quick fire question writing, which I usually spend hours on yeah. a week. Um, you learn a new skill. But I've got some in the back pocket, um, so here we go. Joe, kick us off. What is your favourite crisp? Oh, beef monster munch. Oh, <laughs> that's a great shout. Yeah, I'm, I'm very very surprised to hear beef monster munch to be honest. Quick with that as well. Yeah, yeah, it was either that or bacon wheat crunchies. Uh, so you really get a wear on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big frazzles guy. I am big frazzles guy. Yeah, I do like you know. I'm actually huge crisps guy all around. Yeah, I do. But I've got more, into, and as I've got older, I've got all more into more like bougie chip the crisps. You know, like salt and vinegar kettle chips. And <laughs> I thought you just gonna say salt and vinegar. Salt, in general. Salt, <laughs> like salt and vinegar. What's one thing mi- that mi- 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 What's one thing that can pull you out of a bad mood? Um, oh, fart jokes. Like just <laughs> yeah, okay. general toilet humor. Yeah, yeah, hundred yeah. percent. Just the mucky stuff. The mucky um, stuff. All right, fantastic. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite film of all time? Jaws. Okay, give me some reasons. Um, I think it's one of the greatest films ever made. Yep. A lot of people underrate it because they think it's just a horror film, but it's actually some of the the like camera techniques and the general directing there was revolutionary at the time. It was also one of the the first big summer blockbuster mm. it essentially invented the summer blockbuster um, and it was before it was in an age of film before people were, had to be like beautiful in order to be on camera yeah. so the people that are in this film they're just normal people and the dialogue is written as such that it, just, it just feels it feels natural other than the fact that there's a 25 foot great white <laughs> yeah, shark yeah, is, it, is it true when you say R- Rise Rise about to tell you that he was more of a lick plastic <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I mean you could, I actually haven't seen Jaws it's what? on fuck I know Get I know the fuck it's on out it's yeah, on. that's ridiculous watch it now come back we'll redo the podcast it's, it's silly that, like, it's, it's, on my, it's, it's Rise 
clearly done that to try and annoy people. That's actually wants to see that film, but he'd rather spend the rest of his life saying, I've not seen it. I already know how this is going to go. He's going to watch it, he's going to hate it, because everyone else loves it. I'm going to like it because it's old school Spielberg. I like all that. I just haven't got round to it, which is criminal, I know. What I was going to ask, is it true that they had to basically change the film because the animatronics failed, so to speak? So they have to like more suspense? So the the shark was meant to feature a lot heavier than than he did. They had three versions of it that just kept going. Two of them just almost didn't work at all. Um, the one they did have, they could only use sparingly. They were, they were just taking it was taking on water. It was breaking down every day, so they ended up using them a lot less. And it was one of those like unfortunate, fortunate accidents in that it makes the film better because you don't you rarely see the shark and it just makes it that more terrifying because you're imagining what's under the water half the time okay. instead of actually seeing it. It improves the film like tenfold. And I even even Spielberg. Can I just say that I have been that. on the Jaws ride? You've got you've got one up on me there. I remember being there, terrified right? of the scene with the corpse underwater. Oh, used to oh, with the, the head. Yeah. yeah. So it's a funny little anecdote about that. Gotcha. <laughs> Love this. Yeah. So I first saw that film when I was like five or six. Uh, yep. My granddad, you know, he just used to record films off TV. Start calling the shark a bitch. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I first learned that word. No. And my granddad had these like curtains in between the front room and the dining room. Yeah. And the first time I watched it, it absolutely terrified me. But I was like, loved it and was terrified at the same time. Yeah. So I used to, um, <clears throat> and I knew, you know, the, the music, the famous music, the dum 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 Yeah, it became like a trigger. So I knew that something was about to happen when I heard that music. So I would always go, I just need to go to the toilet. And then I'd walk past the threshold of those curtains and just watch for a little crack in the curtains. <laughs> I didn't even realise until years later my granddad was just like, I knew you were there the entire time. <laughs> I thought I was just like incognito and then after the scary bit I'd come back in and be like... Doo, 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 doo. <laughs> also why you're into voyeurism today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said you were <laughs> Sorry, yeah, it's getting Freudian too early yeah, in the pod. too early. Too um, early. <laughs> no, that's fantastic. <laughs> Favourite place visited yet, globally? Ooh, ooh, Costa Rica. Costa Rica, nice. lovely stuff. Any particular part, you know, any reason for Costa Rica? Um, mainly surfing and the jungle. The jungle was like on your doorstep. I've heard it bangs. Yeah. Was that last year you went? Yeah, yeah, yeah. November last year. <laughs> before COVID. Fantastic, yeah, I remember, remember <laughs> pre-COVID. Remember life before COVID. When we could travel. Yeah. To be fair though, yeah. getting a little bit of a taste of pre-COVID life, being around a table with yeah, these yeah. three gents. That's true. Yeah. That's nice. Very nice. Couldn't do this four months ago. Um, so, yeah, to move on to another and a final quickfire question. Um, what is your favourite colour? <laughs> <laughs> Blue. Yeah, fantastic. All right, <laughs> that's it. That's um, great. Do you any particular kind of no, blue? No, 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 green. All, or, all that yeah. is to do is to open you up. You you feel very warmed up now, Joe. Yeah. So I feel like this is a good good time to transition into it, kind of more seriously, Joe. Tell us a little bit about kind of where you're obviously where you're from in England, where your roots lie, and kind of bridge the gap between what brought you over to Canada. Why did you come over here? Give us a bit of the story behind it. Uh, okay. Uh, I'm from a little city called Portsmouth. Is it a city? It is a city. Oh. It is the uh, country's only island city. Nice. Uh, in that it's not considered a separate municipality or anything like that. Yeah. It's um, separated from the mainland by a little spit of water. Yeah. Uh, it's about 200 yards wide. Um, it's one of the, it's the most densely populated city in England and one of like the third or fourth in Europe. We have more people per capita than London. Nice. Uh, it's the birthplace of the Royal Navy and the Marines. Uh, D-Day launched from Port. So it used to be a huge, huge naval dockyard town. Like yeah. it's, it's got history that goes back like a thousand years. Um, nowadays, it's a toilet. <clears throat> I don't want to blame anyone in particular, but <laughs> Southampton have a lot to answer for. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, basically, they, they opened up a rival port, and half of the people, we used to have like 100,000 people that worked there, uh, and then most of those people lived outside of Portsmouth. When Southampton opened a new dockyard, they all went to go and work for Southampton, so we now have less than 
less than 9,000 people, I think, were out there. And uh, a lot of our shipbuilding has gone down, and yada yada. Um, it's, it's, it's an alright, typical working class city. Everyone lives for the weekend. Fights, drugs, drink. You know, all my favourite things. Basically. <laughs> why, did, why did you leave? What a town. I don't even know. Now I'm talking about it, I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's... Um, and it is quite narrow-minded, I find. Um, and were you... So you you were born and raised there. You didn't you live anywhere else in England growing up? You uh, I was actually... Part. I was born in Portsmouth, but I, I was raised in a town called Waterlooville, which is about nine miles away from... Happened in Waterlooville? Yeah, there you go, yeah. So, the, the irony is, like, Haven is about as far away from Portsmouth as it is from Waterlooville, so I don't know why they would be joined like that. It's not like they're right next door to each other, but... Um, interesting thing about Haven, it's the world's largest council estate, Lee Park. I thought Bransom was the largest in... Uh, but that, no, Bransom's the largest in Europe. Bransom of Hull. Oh, maybe it was his and we were one on the top, but yeah. Bigger. Yeah. Millsborough had the biggest estate, but I think that wasn't a council estate. We had a record at one point as well. Nice. Ingleby Barwick. Look at us. It's little, getting competitive. Little yeah. working class. <laughs> Putting cards on the table. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we've got the biggest council estate. Yeah, so I was, I was raised in a down on a street called Thrushwalk. Which is, <laughs> which is a very fitting name because yeah, yeah, <laughs> for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's hilarious. That like it's funny because there's the street names always a derivative from like you know like names and stuff like you know uh, like certain names are derivative of like a you know your uncle was a carpenter or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so you're called John Carpenter. I can't think of any examples like that. But they usually derive from like the job you would do in your village or town or whatever. <laughs> Something like that, blacksmith, like so I can't, like Smith. There we go, for yeah. a blacksmith. I yeah, yeah, yeah. So various things like that. <laughs> that one can only have been STD related. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is... I mean, maybe bird related because there is a bird called a thrush. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there is. There is a bird called the thrush. Yeah, there you go. I I mean, it's obviously just... not STD yeah. related. There's no other streets named after STDs, Owen. Uh, you obviously no. haven't been to Aids Lane, have you? Don't bother me out of it. No, that is true. Yeah, that was that was a silly point. So what, what kind of, you know, where were you in your life when you thought, I'm going to uproot, I'm going to go somewhere different? And what, what prompted that decision? Was it anything deep or was it just like an, a longing for um, a bit of travel? How, how, honestly, how old were you? I was, yeah. I was old. Um, I was so old. Uh, I was 26 and then yeah. I came over. And you're how old now? 27. Uh, I had my 36th birthday, like, three weeks ago. Yeah. yeah. Uh, that feels horrible saying that. Um, no, honestly, it wasn't planned. I'd always wanted to travel, but it was never in my plans to uproot and to move somewhere else. Um, I did my master's uh, at Portsmouth University, a very good institution if anyone wants to go. One of the top ten in the country for film programs, if uh, anyone's interested. There you go, quick plug. Um, I did my master's and then I got a teaching job at Portsmouth um, and I was there for two years. But whilst I was teaching, one of my uh, one of my friends who was also on the master's course, she had written a play uh, and I'd, I'd done a drama and film course so I'd done a lot of acting as well and she asked me if I would like do this role in this play that she'd written uh, in the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Yeah. Um, and I was like, hell's here, I'll do it. It was over the summer so I wasn't doing my teaching job. Um, so I went up to Edinburgh and I met a Canadian, I actually met two Canadian girls, that, that's another story, uh, for another time. Uh, I met a Canadian girl um, who was part of the company that I work for and we just hit it off and we had a massive holiday romance. Um, she ended up coming back to Portsmouth with me for a little while. I came over to Vancouver to visit for a bit and then we did long distance and she, we knew that if we wanted the relationship to move forward that one of us would have to go one way or the other. Um, Vancouver or Portsmouth Vancouver or Portsmouth exactly I mean we probably would have moved to London but I was also kind of nearing 30 and she was younger so I was like well makes more sense for me to come there before my visa you know working experience visa run, you know, runs out mm -hmm. so I did um, loved it ended up staying we broke up uh, most pity but um, yeah I just I went home for a grand total of about five weeks and just knew that I couldn't do it. But I'd been here for too long. You dip your toe in the ocean, so to speak. And how, yeah. sorry, how long had you been over here before you went back home for a stint? Uh, like four, four and a half years. 
Oh wow! So yeah, yeah. yeah I've been home sides. in in little tiny increments, but so that must have been weird. You broke was... up here, so she must have been like obviously you had like you were networked together, and then going back was that a strange feeling for you? Kind of like yeah, going back to England. Were you like kind of at first when you were over here thinking God, I need to get back to England, and then when you got to back to England, you were like God, I, I think I'm, I'd yeah. I um I kind of resign myself to going back to England because without her I didn't think I had a reason to stay yeah yeah. yeah. Um, but when I went back I kind of did some thinking and realised that I'd actually worked my ass off since I'd been here yeah I loved my job um, I you know worked myself into the ground for my to get where I had in my job and I'd met I had actually met a lot of good friends yeah and yeah. so it felt more like starting from scratch if I'd gone back to England than it would have just staying in Vancouver. And so it's kind of an easy decision in the end. And did Hardly England still feel like home at that point? Or did it like... Did, no, I think kind that's of... one of the biggest reasons for me coming back is it, it didn't. Everything felt, you know, they say like, you know, you've been on a journey when you go back to the place where you started and it doesn't seem the same. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of what it seemed like for me. I went back to Portsmouth and just nothing, nothing seemed the same. Um, I was looking for it with fresh eyes and it looked, it felt a lot smaller a lot more you know a lot less opportunities for me a lot just uh, a lot more insular in terms of what people wanted to do and stuff like yeah, that yeah. and it was yeah. this massive world out there and I just I didn't want to be in that pond you know so in terms of you said like you felt you'd leave Vancouver because what happened happened did mm-hmm. you look at anywhere else to go or was it just kind of you built a life in Vancouver and you had a previous life in Portland, so they were the only two options? Or did you ever look at other places in Canada or around the world? Um, I'd lived in London for a little bit. I didn't like London, in all honesty. Um, I hate it. Way yeah. too big. I felt really anonymous. The people um, are rude. People are rude. Southerners. Yeah. yeah, I know, right? Southern bastards. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was just... An, uh, just Everything felt hard in London. Um making free, I don't know, it was similar everywhere you go when you try and make new starts, I guess, so I've yeah. heard, and the older you get, the more difficult it gets, but is uh, yeah, didn't enjoy London, so I figured if I ever was to go back to the UK, especially now considering I've got, you know, work in the film industry, it would be like Bristol, Liverpool, Manchester, that was, or maybe Edinburgh, I did really enjoy Edinburgh when I was there. Yeah. I've heard good things about Scottish living. Yeah, Edinburgh's a cracking, cracking town, see. Um, yeah, it's great fun. But in Vancouver, uh, in Canada, I I went to Montreal only for a bit, and I loved it. It's absolutely amazing out there. I'd recommend it to anyone if uh, if you get an open opportunity. You've been, haven't you? I've been. Yeah. Yeah. It's a bit what, taint- what do you think? It's tainted for me because I had bad experiences there. Um, what was your bad experience, right? Um, so I was backpacking at the time, and my mate who I was backpacking with had literally left two days before he flew home he ran out of money in Toronto I went to Montreal and then found out my granddad died Aww. and that was the reason I had to go home and it's always when I think of Montreal I do think of that day in particular yeah, yeah, yeah. and it was just I was yeah. just about to make fun of you for whatever you said yeah. 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 I was one of the few things I, 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 that I couldn't yeah. make fun oh, of right. I, like, yeah. yeah. I was literally oh, just about to come in and he's like yeah so I always think, but it was it was a cool city, really really cool yeah. city. Yeah, yeah. I recommend it. But yeah, it's not. I always think of that when I think of Montreal. Yeah, yeah. That's Sometimes like a, just an experience like that can completely taint your experience of a place. Oh, I wouldn't let it taint it. Like I'd go again and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. But that's just the memory I have. Yeah, I recommend going again and going in the summer. Um, like I have heard the like, especially speaking to the locals there, almost unanimous. They were like during the summer, best place in Canada. During the winter, god awful because it's just absolutely fucking freezing yeah. Yeah. I've heard that there more than anywhere in Canada like it if you're gonna live there like it it definitely like like knowing a bit of French because like I, I mean I call out like in my job like I call out to Montreal and stuff quite a bit some of them work like will work, just work talk to you in English did you so, ever go when you were living out east no I didn't I always regret it because I've, I've had it it's a really cool city but yeah, yeah I, just, I, I think it depends where you are in Montreal and like who like kind of who you were working with or whatever. Because when I was there, I don't know much French at all. Um, I know a bit of Spanish, but whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, no use in Montreal. No, no use in Montreal <laughs> whatsoever. But um, with my limited French, I got by and I didn't ever really feel like people were... You needed it, yeah. ...punishing me for not knowing French. You know, I knew I know enough to order, you know, je vous manger, manger. But 
like I didn't ever really get stick for not knowing French. I had a full-on conversation with a bloke in a bar. And by full-on conversation, he was talking French to me, and I was just nodding and laughing every once in a while. <laughs> that got me by. We, be- we were best yeah. friends. Uh, like after <laughs> half an hour, he kept shaking my hand, buying me a drink, and I didn't understand one word of what Amazing. he said. But I didn't have to. <laughs> yeah. it must Dr- have been drinking like, is international. One of those like true narcissists <laughs> that when he got <laughs> over, he was just like, I had a wonderful job yeah. with that lad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know what? Great listener. Yeah. He really Fantastic. took in everything. I said. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's quite good. So I suppose that's a good time to go through your career a bit. Like you, you started off. What were you doing in England versus what are you doing now, and how did that all develop? Yeah, what were you teaching actually? Film, uh, yeah. film studies. So yeah, I, I did my did my degree in drama and film, um, and then I did a masters in writing and directing for performance, but it was largely theatre based, and. In all honesty, I only uh, I only applied for the job that I applied for because uh, a mate of mine on my course, she was going to apply for it, but she was moving out. To, she was moving back to Essex, and she texted me and she said, "Like you'd be perfect for this." And it was just um, it wasn't even a teaching job; it was a like a TA job with some like seminar teaching. Yeah. Um, so I got the job, um, and within sort of a little while, I was kind of deputised for someone one day they were sick so they were like can you take my lecture and I was like oh, crap uh, I guess yeah sure I mean I had acting experience so I figured that would like you know <laughs> good morning children yeah. hello everyone <laughs> my name is <laughs> just doing bits from yeah. a full lecture yeah every time someone can I go to the toilet you shall not that did you just do Gandhi? Did you just well. do Gandhi? <laughs> yeah. Yes, I did. Yeah. <laughs> you know your films. Congratulations. <laughs> so yeah, so you were deputised. Um, yeah, so I, I I stood in for this teacher, and I I don't know if it was a test because they actually came into the lecture at the very end, hmm. um, and saw me do it. And after that, I kept getting other teachers to be like, "I'm sick tomorrow. Can you take my class for me?" That kept happening, and then I got offered a, an actual teaching post in the second year. Um, so that was cool, loved that, but then when I came to Canada, mainly because when I first came over I was on an IEC and no one wants to take a plunge on a teacher that is only going to be here for two years, Yeah, of course. Uh, I didn't get a teaching job, then I didn't work for quite a while because I was applying for my visa to stay, and at the time I think it was slightly different, uh, I d- they didn't have the transition visa. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't as easy to keep it going. So I lost my work permit. I didn't work for quite a while, and I think, in all honesty, I think that's one of the reasons why my relationship didn't work out. Yeah, we really suffered during that period. And, well, uh, it's tough when you're not like you have nothing stimulating you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got mind goes a bit wild. Got quite down, but then I started doing a lot of volunteering during that time, and one of the places I ended up volunteering was a theatre, um, and. I got uh, got on the their board, so I was helping them with like play selection for the seasons. Um, I, was, I actually ended up like directing a few shows. Awesome. Um, I ended up doing a volunteer teaching program with Directions, which is like a youth service program. So I ended up uh, doing a drama class with some street youth, which was amazing and like life changing. Um, and kind of, and during that time, um, the theatre was doing rentals to occasional films. Um, and one of the people that were renting from us, she, I got chatting, you know, I chatted to her every time she came in. She was, she was like, oh, you should, you know, you're a handy guy. You should try, try working, in, try working in actual film. And I was like, oh, you know, I don't know if I actually have, uh, you know, it's all theory for me. She was just like, well, you know how to build. You're helping with sets now, so like, start with like construction or something like that. She hired me on for a, a program called The Switch, which was actually the. The world's first transgender sitcom featuring oh. transgender actors and crew. Nice. Um, it was a really, really cool project. Opened my eyes up, not just in terms of the actual film industry, because for me, up to that point, it had been largely theory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It had all been like the study of film. Mm-hmm. But then I actually got to be, which is amazing, considering someone who teaches kids how to make films, I hadn't actually ever been on a film set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I was actually on a film set, seeing how things actually work and operate, That's and it was yeah, completely yeah. different. I was like, oh my God. I, how, I feel like a bit of a sham now having taught kids <laughs> yeah. stuff that I had no experience in um, but then on the literally the first day they just had, like, I was just a handy guy and then uh, the woman that hired me she asked me if I could 
rough up some plans for like this fake wall so I roughed up some plans and she was like oh cool can you build it and I was like oh yeah I think so so I built the wall installed it and it was like a fake wall needed a big vent in it so I did all this stuff and remove a window and yada yada and then the producer came up to me and was just like you built this cool are you doing anything we need a construction guy you're hired and I was oh, like wow. yeah cool so that was like yeah, my first gig fantastic and then um, and then you know, a little bit of downtime, and uh, then I got offered another gig, and then I got offered another gig, and then I, another gig, and a few gigs into construction. Uh, I got offered a, a set deck role, which is more like instead of building sets, you're kind of placing furniture and stuff yeah. in the set and make it really add in the, the detail. So we'd add, like, if this was a film set, for instance, all yeah, the, all the pit film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know, it's certain characters that it speaks about, right? So. Yeah, two psychopaths. Explorers. Um, but we'd, we'd install everything on the walls, all the furniture, all that stuff on over by the kitchen. You know, construction would build the cabinets and stuff. But yeah. we'd put in the salt and the pepper and all this stuff that actually adds life to it. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. For the listeners of the pod, Joe was just pointing to various things in Ryan's house. Yeah. Yeah. So that dildo over there, like we, we, <laughs> that massive double ender, we, we <laughs> that somehow looks a bit soiled. We would we would place that there, and we'd add the <laughs> we'd add the soiling in. You know? <laughs> the chop up's gonna be brutal. On this yeah. that, is um, a, that is a hard edit. <laughs> <laughs> oh what? Yeah, yeah. You're not gonna cover the truth, right? Yeah, um, it will be exposed next week. It's just you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you do the bench appeal. But so yeah, so how did that get you to Canada then? So you took that. This was back in England, right? Um, oh, teaching, yeah. So the teaching, the teaching was, was here, but then the the practical, the, was the lack of t- being able to get a teaching job is what led me into yeah. the practical. Um, See, I always thought because I know you work in film. And Vancouver got such a big film industry. I thought you moved because of that. Because oh, you yeah. kind of fell into it out here. It's quite yeah, interesting. I, it was only yeah. after I moved that I started to learn more about Vancouver being such a big film industry and Hollywood North and all that jazz. And then when I first got into film, I was working on um, Movie of the Weeks, MOWs, which are just like hallmarks and lifetimes. Yeah, yeah. I didn't even really know then that huge films like you know x-men and uh, deadpool and stuff was was happening oh, and what's a bit of background behind that why did they why did they do it in vancouver why is it kind of um for one vancouver's uh it's kind of a chameleon city like it it has the appearance of uh, a modern city but it has nothing distinct enough to make you think that's vancouver it yeah it kind of yeah. can be anywhere okay it's got skyscrapers skyscrapers so it can double for new york it's got suburbs so it can you know, double for any American town. Yeah, it's yeah. got anywhere in the lower mainland and even up to like Kelowna, you can go from city skyscraper, suburbs, desert, brush, forest. So it can that be sense, so yeah. many landscapes within such a short, like short uh, area span. So that's a huge appeal. Tax credits is a massive thing. Like uh, the tax credits in BC are the best in North America, um, which entices a lot of people from America. They can actually save money filming up here yeah, and then yeah. taking the film down there to edit and distribute That's than cool. they can from filming down there because they, they get almost you know half the half the money they pay out for staff and stuff like that they get back in taxes so it's a huge incentive um, and then in the last few years between Georgia kind of screwing themselves over with the abortion thing a lot of artists in, didn't want to work in Georgia anymore so a bunch of those projects ended up coming up now in COVID with America being so volatile Vancouver proving that it can sustain work without exploding. Mm-hmm. It's an even bigger draw. So we've already since COVID, like COVID started to lift a little bit. With there's like forty productions currently filming. Oh wow! And that's just union productions. That's not MOWs or anything non-union. It's, it's, I bet they're going to be as well because there's probably been a massive lack of all things media. Hello yeah. guys, well, it's, it's, it's yeah, Owen the, from the, the Great Escape Pod. I just wanted to take a couple of minutes to ask you guys to follow us on our social media that's instagram that's facebook and please please give us a like and a review on apple itunes or spotify um, if you can give us a review and five stars uh, that you know puts us out there it gets our name about really helpful for keeping the podcast going we really appreciate all the listener support all the mailings 
all the feedback we get from you guys. Uh, so please join in the conversation on our social media or give us a five-star review on Apple iTunes or Spotify. Really, really appreciate the support. Thank you very much. And let's get back to the show. The absence, complete absence of uh, films films coming out in cinemas means there's an absolute need for content on like uh, streaming sites and stuff like that. So Netflix right now is Boomtown. They're putting a studio in. Uh, I can't talk too much about it, but I might be working for Netflix next. So it's oh, just fantastic. a ton of Netflix productions up and coming all the street like apple are filming up in now uh like crave original it's all starting to come up here i'm just worried about all the slacking off of social dilemma we've done um just getting back into like the the expat thing mm-hmm. so with the industry that yeah, you're in, sure. is it something that you would recommend for an expat like getting out here and see like if you've got even a mild interest in it like you've fallen into it do a lot of people you meet on set Absolutely. come over for it i've actually met a lot of uh, british people um in and around film sets and most of those have a similar story that they've come over here to follow the work because uh, I've had I you know I didn't work in the industry in the UK but I have heard that it is a lot clickier than Vancouver the unions don't have as much sway um, which means that it's a lot more word of mouth and who you know than it is just putting yourself out there and, and being a good worker in Vancouver a couple of day calls um, and doing well and you can see your career just lift off and it's it and you can access that easily by social media i know we're saying social media was slagging it off half half an hour ago once you've got that phone once you've smashed out the job yeah exactly get your phone out out. start making some calls there's a ton of um groups on facebook that um that non-union uh films have access to and ton of people get hired that way just for being like, I'm available, I want to work. Obviously, there's certain things that you have to have. Yeah, yeah. You have to have a car because you're going yeah. to be traveling on your own and you're going to be traveling pretty far and wide a lot of the time. You have to have a car. Like, if you want to be a locations guy, there's a couple of courses that they, they make you take and stuff like that. But it's, a lot of it is, like, day stuff and it's really low cost. So, it's yeah, it's, it's a good industry. The pay is great. So, yeah, I've heard that a lot of people specifically have struggled in the UK to get into the industry and they will come here. Because it is it is boomtown. It's from okay. because of that is is Vancouver somewhere you think you'll be long term? Like from from you know from how it sounds, it sounds like you're pretty settled here. Do you think you'll stay in Canada, or is there anywhere in the US that you want to kind of go? You know, after Vancouver, if US? Are you mad? <laughs> no, no, obviously not at the moment because you just died. Yeah. But like, I mean, kind of like, is there anywhere yeah. you could see yourself going? To you know, to kind of keep pursuing this career, or do you think Vancouver has well, enough? Even Toronto has a big yeah. film industry. Oh, yeah. Massive, yeah, Toronto and Montreal actually. Like Montreal oh, yeah. is a lot more francophone content. Like they they actually make stuff specifically for for Quebec while yeah. television. Um, I don't know if you guys saw Bon Cop Bad Cop. Was... I've seen that on my Netflix browser. Yeah, so that was yeah. that was made in that was a. a Quebec Wild Montreal production it was a co-pro with uh, Ontario but that was like an original Canadian film that came out there but they have a lot of work too um, it depends I think if you want to be a crew person then Vancouver is the best place for me to be I think in the world like so a lot of people talk about LA but LA I think is a lot more if you want to be if you want to be a big director, if you want to be a big writer, even if you want to be a big actor, really, at some point you have to go down there. But Vancouver is a very good launching pad for that. So if, I, I know some British actors who have come to Vancouver with aspirations of going to LA, but this is a better place to be yeah. now because, yeah, yeah. because they can get a lot more work here. LA is so big and there's so much going on. They're kind of uh, a little bit more unique here, especially because you know, there's a lot of commercials and stuff are hiring British actors. So it's, a, it's a good time to be British in Vancouver. Um, and then if their career starts launching off, then they can start thinking about making a move south. But it's a lot, it's a bit of a safer bet than going straight to LA, you know, yeah. and, and doing that. Yeah, LA just sounds Watch out. Yeah, LA it does. Also I, I've I heard it's a shit yeah, It has no appeal to me. I've heard it's a shit I mean, I've, 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 it's I've dangerous. Been, I've heard lots of things. But. I've been, I didn't like it at all. Yeah. But all that means is like, just from a film point of view. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 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 I was absolutely surprised about it. I was like, I love LA. I was only there for a day. Yeah. But like the actual Hollywood Walk of Fame, that was really tatty and stuff like that. Yeah. What I was talking about was more the... The actual film industry sounds pretty gross out there. Do you know what I mean? Like, especially in the practices from years ago. Yeah. We just hear these stories of people just essentially being 
exploited in terms of they'll just work for, they'll work for yeah. no wages of that because they've just yeah. got this aspiration of the be a star and it it happens in Vancouver as well but not to the same degree as in LA yeah. um, and that that does persist a little bit I mean here it's more so when you f- you know if you there's a certain amount of naivety when you're first trying to get into the industry even if you're a crew member because you're like oh I really want to work in this industry and I'll I'll do what I can to kind of make it by and producers exploit that because they'll literally work you to the bone for next to nothing. It's a big number at first that you think, wow, I'm getting paid that a day. But when you break it down to how many hours you're working, because you're working like 16, 17 hours, it actually amounts to like less than minimum Slave wage. Slave labor, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. and, uh, and you, you, it's actually quite dangerous because you, you're driving home at four or five o'clock in the morning, you've had two hours sleep, you've done this for three weeks running and you're like, how am I still alive right now? And then when you, you know, you get mad and you quit, it's nothing to them because there's another feeb underneath you that's willing to do that as well. Yeah, yeah, So there definitely is an exploitative, and, you know, a lot of producers I've met are quite misogynistic. There is still a little bit of a backwards mentality there. Which is crazy because you think of the money that's swelling around that industry. Yeah, it's 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 a it's another reflection of like capitalism yeah. that it all gets just held. Well, that's it. And most, get fucked, you know, like most of the most producers are making money on the side, uh, and I don't actually like a lot of producers. They're dickheads, basically. But because they're they're in it to make money, they're not in it for the creativity. They're not in it. They're just it's they they are capitalists. Yeah, true. Yeah. And you know, they're exploiting artists to to make money out of their art essentially. What do you feel about the film industry at the moment in terms of cinemas and stuff like that? Do you think it's just going to come back when all this is over, or do you think we're into that new age now? Going that way, yeah, yeah that's I mean, a good point. Right? I've I've read, I've read a lot lately, and especially in the last week, that cinema is essentially dying, and that without the release of all these, you know, all these big blockbusters keep pushing back because they're like, we don't have cinemas to go into, and there's there's things to consider like if it doesn't get released into a cinema, you can't be considered for Oscars, so a lot of films want to wait because if they don't do a cinema release, they don't get an Oscar run. So that, and that could be a big, big promotional push for a film. But because a lot of films are holding off, the cinemas just aren't making any money. And these are huge buildings with huge rents. And if they can't survive this initial period, then when these films do decide to release, there might not be cinemas for them to go into. Mm. I can't, because I mean, I imagine at the moment cinemas like are getting like public funding to stay open at the moment, because I, I mean, I went to one with Hillary the other night and there was like six people in the scene. Yeah, that's it. And it's, it's like, crazy. How, it's I mean, how can they even afford to keep the lights yeah. on at this point? So yeah. I imagine they're getting some money from the government yeah. it's like to help them out. Potentially, the but yeah. every government will be different, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that's yeah, it's different. I think most of the money is in streaming at the moment, to be honest, which is, um, which is amazing in one sense that there's tons and tons of original content all the time that's been written. It's a great place for you know for a position for writers to be in because there's always a demand for new and original writing they are slowly getting over to like listening more to marginalized voices which means you know more marginalized contents coming out stories about people of color and yeah, yeah. you know stories about um you know trans and and kind of gay voices queer voices which is awesome and unfortunately it's still a little bit of a transition period where some of this content is being written by white writers which yeah, i think yeah. needs to change um and it's also a, a it's it's a strange period where there's there's they haven't quite got enough original content, so they're starting to rehash old ideas. There's a lot of like reduxes and sequels and you know, um. But that's just purely for that's the money just, point of view. Yeah, that's it? just yeah. purely for it's just financial because they know it's it's a money maker, right? Is there any kind of like in this new wave of media where you know you look at Netflix, all the streaming services available? Is it harder to find breakout films and stuff because the the it's so diluted with just so much content. Is there any problem, or is that just a, a net benefit from the artist? I always wonder that. Like, I th- I think I think it's no. I, I totally agree. It's becoming harder and harder to identify. Like when Netflix started, first started doing original content, they were doing bangers. Like everything that came out was yeah. absolute banger. And you you got glued to Netflix because you were like, I mean, their original content is so good. It's so original. It's so. Re- but then the yeah, more, Adam Sandler came yeah, and like, let's, like, let's change this. Suddenly Netflix <laughs> realised how much money they could make yeah. out of it, and it, they just they you know started putting money everywhere to find new writers and writing yeah, original yeah. content. Yada yada yada. Now there's so much of it, like a dearth of, of of new content on Netflix that, and it some of it is shit. Yeah, some of it is really oh, shit, and so bad. And you can't separate what's what, and you know, and, 
until you kind of watch it a little bit or you see you see the trailer. But yeah, it's definitely the the streaming industry at large is suffering from a quality point of view, but not from a quantity point of view. Yeah, They're making more money than they ever have. Yeah. It just for people that really enjoy, you know, like good. Oh, I don't want to say like thinking cinema because obviously everyone enjoys something different yeah, yeah. but you know for good quality um like original writing it's definitely suffering it's kind of harder to yeah it's harder to find yeah. that yeah quick question for for both of you it's something i do think about a lot how do you feel now when something comes out weekly it, it, oh, it actually annoys me. Do you know what that pisses and me off now? And it's yeah. mad how much I've changed. Right? Well, you know, yeah. when you're back in the day, when you, when everything, you know, your one program was on every Saturday or every yeah. Sunday, the whole family would gather around the telly box to like watch and you get goodies and whatever. I do kind of miss that. I'm so used to time, binging now. Yeah, binging's become such a thing. That, that is a really good point to bring up. I just started watching that documentary about Nexum. You know, the the Vancouver cult. The, oh, yeah, the yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. So, and that's like a weekly drop or whatever. And you just want to crush it. Like on a Sunday, you watch one episode and it's like, it's, it's so good. So like classic HBO kind of like wraps you up. Yeah. Like you're frothing by the end of it. But (laughs) it's like also like, it is kind of nice to have something like, because it's, there's never a case these days where you're like looking forward to watching something on TV. Because it's all just there. And I, I also just, I'm getting a bit done. I don't know if just like since... I started turning my notifications <laughs> off on my phone. I've just become a bit like anti-screens. And it's yeah. just, I do find I get a bit frustrated with that situation where you're just trawling through shite on a night. And mm. just like, you spend like half an hour, I've mm. spent 45 minutes looking for something to I, watch. I actually had a Netflix night the other night where I didn't actually watch anything. Yeah, like, <laughs> because I spent the entire time thinking, fuck, what do I want to watch? Like, like, grim, like, that's just like grim, And I never actually got to the point where I chose something and then went, oh, it's bedtime. <laughs> I hate, to, I hate to think about life like that, but imagine like at the end of your life, like thinking of like if you could condense on a spreadsheet how many days you just spent looking through content now and not actually picking something. So, you know, that weekly thing, going back to the weekly thing, it's nice to just still have like a, I'm right, it's nine o'clock, I'm just watching this. Yeah. You know, my. Uh, uh, yeah. Imagine oh, yeah. reading through what's on TV and be like, oh, that's my night over. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, couldn't happen. I go home, it's crazy, because my mum and dad are still like proper old school. I go down and they've got like the little what's on the box magazine or whatever. Yeah. Dad's like reading glasses are there. It's like, <laughs> you're, you're literally so still reading your TV Fire a TV manual, you nutter. Do you remember the days when you used to like have the TV guide out and you'd actually like circle, circle. Whoever was first to the circle. You'd out your week, basically. Yeah, you plot out your whole week and then everyone else would be around well I'm watching that then and I'm watching that then so you'd actually map out who had yeah. the telly yeah. when and the, like... the Christmas TV guy oh, it was two weeks yeah. and it was like a, it was like an Argos catalogue I used to love in. that I used oh, to yeah. love the Christmas the Biros came out then. Yeah. Oh, I wonder yeah. if Big that time. also like it is decreasing our um, like I, I don't know how to put it in words but like so say we were talking about the quality versus quantity argument like before, if your whole week was weird on the excitement of one show, for example, yeah, I, I remember just you know, think back to a show you just loved as a kid growing up, and you know, say that show was terrible, and you just wagered your whole week on you know enjoying that show, yeah. Yeah. you'd be absolutely crushed. But whereas like now, like at Game of Thrones, for example. Game of Thrones last season, it was absolutely oh, embarrassing. It was terrible, don't, wasn't don't it? Talk to me but like, I let go of that anger quite quickly because I was just like, there, there is a plethora of other shite I can just watch right now. Yeah. And I'll, to, it's like, whereas maybe if that had happened when I was a young man, yeah. I wouldn't have forgiven them so easily. Yeah, you're right a better man than me. I'm still mad about that. <laughs> still yeah. mad about that last season of Game of Thrones. So what I find what well is that, like, going into school on a Monday talking about what you'd watch on the weekend and like having that whole did you watch it and so man if you'd missed it you'd missed it oh yeah, yeah. that was know. a big one whereas point. now it's gone completely the other way we literally every week had it today at work it's like have you seen that new Netflix documentary have you seen this have you seen it like every month there's a new hit yeah and I just get I do think there's a, an element of I, I have watched things like the next big thing and it's, it's and I'm not yeah. being contrary some of them aren't that good no, yeah, yeah, but they're just that the fad of yeah. the time well I think the last thing that everyone collectively got over like got excited about on mass was uh, Joe Tiger King Joe yeah Tiger King yeah um, oh but since then you've had the last dance and no one would, oh, no one would shut up about that yeah um, you've had um, what's that one there's literally one on Netflix now that someone's telling me about at work and that everyone in the office had watched it and stuff like that. So yeah. ne- crime documentaries are always popular. Yeah. You get those people as well where you're just like, 
I don't know, like, when you, you get just, like, shamed for not watching them, it's like, oh, have you watched Tiger King? And you're just like, oh, no, I haven't got around to it. And they're just like, what? What do you even do? Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> what have you do? That, 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 that was March. Yeah. yeah, that was March for me. Have you watched yeah. Tiger King? You're like, no. No. What? And I was like, yeah, that's a conversation over then, isn't it? And he was like, that's all they had, because they yeah. binged it so hard yeah. and stuff like that. It's, like, when, also, when people make you feel bad about it, it's like, leave me alone. <laughs> but also, why didn't you watch Tiger King, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. 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 If you haven't watched it yeah. now, <laughs> yeah. no one's talking about it now. Yeah. 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 To be fair, the moment has yeah. truly passed on. I just, but um, we will be talking about Nicolas Cage in the film scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that will. Yeah. He, he looks so much like yeah. him as well. Like, that will be. The, um, I think the element of choice now is, is so overwhelming. You know, like back in back in the day, back in the day when, like, there was only four channels to watch. So when you're showing your age, yeah, I always had five. All right, five channels. That's right. Did you yeah, I was going to say five. And I, was like, I didn't no, have I Sky how, growing how up. I was always very, very jealous of lads with Sky. Right, yeah, Sky. Sky Sports and Sky One. That was the two biggies that I missed out on. But like Sky One wasn't that big, to be honest with you. No, Sky One would tend to buy stuff when yeah. they got bit. Like they bought Lost, but then they bought it and it turned bad. And they bought Simpsons, which was a bit <laughs> of a grim one. But Sky Sports was massive. Sky One was mainly our Simpsons fix. That's what we used to go yeah. my nan's because she had cable. Watch Simpsons on a Sunday. That was the only reason we oh, went around it. That and the chocolate, the omnibus. and the cha- chocolate pudding Oof. with custard. Oh, don't remember that show. No, no, this was literally. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, I missed chocolate. Yeah, pudding. I missed custard. You remember, the, well. you remember the tin stuff? Yeah. Tin, tin chocolate pudding. Absolutely. Tin treacle sponge. Heat it in a pan of boiling water, and then thunk, I, stick so some hot custard on that. Back to the expat thing. Oh, what yeah. is the thing you miss the most besides friends and family? Chocolate pudding and rosy cut no. Um Everyone says friends and family. We can, yeah, we can put yeah, that in yeah, if you want yeah, them to hear yeah, that. But yeah, no, 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 they're all right. <laughs> Guess I miss them a little bit. But, um, there, I think there are a lot of little things that I miss, but nothing like one of the biggest ones is probably a cliche as well, which is like pub culture. Yeah. But weirdly enough, it's also one of the things I don't miss. It's kind of a weird, contradictory, like thing because. I miss I miss being able to go to a pub, prop up the bar, you know, chat to strangers. It just is not a cultural thing here as much to just chat cod shit to a stranger on a Saturday night as it yeah. is. You know, you're at the bar, you knock up next to someone. It doesn't matter whether it, that's the thing is it's not doesn't matter whether it would be a bloke or a woman. It's just like all right, how's your night going? Oh, yeah, right, yeah. Shoot shit, feels great. You know, you have a few. You know, they might yeah, buy you a drink, buy you whatever. Might end up going home with him. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? But in Vancouver, that just doesn't happen. So I do miss that. But at the same time, when I was at home, that's all we ever did at the weekend. So yeah. I don't miss being in a place where there is so much more to do. You know, like us, for instance, going on a boat and going for a hike at the weekend. That was it. Yeah. Just yeah. for context, uh, we went on a boat and went on a hike this weekend. <laughs> Thanks, right? <laughs> it was a. Uh, you know, marine style boat and we we went on an island hike all boats and marine yeah. style boats, boats. yeah <laughs> it was fantastic like actual marines yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I know what you mean you know what yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. but um I never would have done that in Portsmouth no, of course not and you, and more so than that I don't hang around with the people that would have recommended to do that whereas if that I'd... came up you know through having a friend that has the connections and through having a group of friends that has a collective interest in doing new things as opposed to people that just want to go to a pub and get pissed. If I said to my mate, yeah. do you want to go for a hike? Half of them would tell me to F off. Yeah. You, you, you know, they're good lads and all that. And if they came out here, they'd throw themselves into it. But yeah. it's just not part of the culture. Exactly. You wouldn't, like, we, like, as a group, we will go camping. Yeah. If my mate says, let's go to the Lake District for two days, or let's go to the North York Moor, like, no. Let's just exactly. go to the pub. And it's, it, it, I know exactly what you mean with that. I think it's kind of a, the, the pub is kind of... Like, I, I miss the coziness of, like, the pub on Sunday, just having, a, you know, a couple of pints with the lads and that. I, miss, well, like, I, miss, much I feel like it does that. become, a, a, like, a social crutch in a way, because it's just, like, what can we all do that we've always known and we all... Like, it's just yeah. that thing that's, exactly. like, the, the meeting point that just ends up being the place where you just hang out. It's your comfort zone. Whereas, yeah. like, I think, yeah, over here, because it doesn't exist, you're kind of forced to, like, I don't know... You also pushes you out of your comfort zone to meet new people that want to, you know, to get interested in what other people do in Vancouver, which pushes yeah. you into new scenarios. Yeah. And, new things, I, and I've done so many things in Vancouver that I can honestly say I never would have done in the UK. And that is part of the 
the, one of the best parts of, about living in this in in Vancouver with expats is that everyone's in that same mindset of like let's get out of that frame of thinking of just wanting to go to a pub and get pissed all the time. You know. Yeah. What is your most you never would have done this back home thing from your eight years here? Is it eight? Ooh, or, yeah. No, is it more? Is it ten now? Then? Eight. No, 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 no. Still, still eight. Eight years. Still eight. <laughs> Wait, where are we? You said you moved here when you were twenty six and you're thirty. Yeah, now. I think I'm in. 20, I must have made that up because I must have been 28. Because I came over here in September 2012. Right. Um, it's now 2020. Yeah, so, yeah it's yeah. almost like almost eight years to the day. September the 12th, 2012. That's more than eight years, though. It's October now, Joe. Yeah, everyone would be pedantic. <laughs> like, right, guys. Yeah. <laughs> There's been a lot, to be fair. Um, I think probably the two... This is a PG pod, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to know that thing you tried. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I could have tried that in England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is a circle for that there as well. Yeah. You, know, you know what London's like. Yeah. Elephant and Castle, the seedy, yeah. seedy alleyways and the uh, arches. Um, nah, I think, to be honest, I think the house sound crest, like going on a two-day hike like that into wilderness yeah. that's one thing I might not have ever done even remotely in Pompey um, but also I did a I did a road trip from Vancouver to New York uh, and back again that's through awesome. Canada didn't know that yeah that was uh, 2013 that's actually one of the, one of the first thing, big things I did here um, so I, I saw like Mount Rushmore I yeah. went through the Yellowstone um, how went, long did that take? Uh, like three and a half weeks all told wow. four weeks um, what both ways? Yeah, so we we took slower to get to New York, and then we kind of just hightailed it back through Canada. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we didn't see as much of Canada coming back, but the the actual trip to New York was incredible, and like, just you don't have the opportunity for you know mainly because England's Britain's so small. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you could do that across Europe, but again, just finding the finding the, the friends that want to can take time out of their schedule. Yeah. Are willing yeah, to take yeah. time out of their schedule to just go travel like that is. Uh, yeah, that was pretty epic. And there's still still tons of things I want to do. Um, you know, me and you going whale watching. There are oh, yeah, there aren't there aren't any whales. Just for context, me and Ryan went whale watching. <laughs> <laughs> there are no whales. Yeah, in there, yeah, you know, yeah. Is, that's not something. It's it's kind of it's cool where it's uh, you know get that kind of novel feeling every now and then where it's like oh I'd have done this on holiday. Yeah, I did. Yeah. How about you feel like I'm permanently on holiday sometimes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So, it's great for a perspective when you're when you're at work and you're grafting away yeah, and then yeah. like those times where you get stressed and maybe you feel a bit trapped or maybe I felt a bit trapped back home it's like when you're yeah. somewhere different than you started it kind of feels like oh well like I don't know the the whole work bubble just seems a little bit more secondary yeah. than it does in your head again that like that time after work between you know between like finishing work and going to bed usually in the UK that's resigned to maybe a pint Food. sitting food sitting indoors but here people will actually go alright let's go down on the beach and play spike ball let's go yeah. up the mountain and ski let's go for a hike <laughs> in your case do you want to come around now and record a yeah, podcast yeah let's record a <laughs> podcast which is yeah, yeah, a great yeah. idea something I've never done what's yeah. uh, what's highlight for you right since you've been here I mean actual highlights um, don't say meeting us a lot cause yeah. how sound will be up there Ooh, nice. the same the same trail that was intense and it was a real achievement getting that done so I was really proud of myself with that. Yeah, totally. But I think for me, it's like what you just touched on there. It's them nights where, like, after work and stuff like that, where I'll be, just get text. I'll be like, do you want to play tennis? Mm-hmm. Or do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? And I find myself not out of ordinary stuff to do. Like, I played tennis back home, but it'd be like when Wimbledon was on. I played yeah, it a few yeah, weeks, yeah, but it's yeah. not just a casual thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so I quite like stuff like that. Um, but doing stuff like this, like what we do now, like this would never happen back home because I just know when I would be in the same frame of mind for it. Yeah. You are? 100%. Um, yeah, I think basically the same as you guys. I think. But not how Sam. Not how Sam. I was, in on, I, was, I was in Ontario, yeah. so I was yeah. visiting my sister. I think even if you were no offence, sorry, Hillary, but she wouldn't have allowed you to do no, that. No, <laughs> no, 100%. Yeah. It looked dangerous. So yeah. She would have named it. It was dangerous. 100%. And, uh, um, yeah. Final question for you, Joe, that we ask everybody. One bit of advice to someone who's thinking about getting here or has just moved here, and there are, there are loads with the highs and stuff like that. What What's your advice for people listening in, um, if there is anyone? <laughs> yeah. Hi, guys. Uh, 
Um, come in with an open mind. I think be prepared to, you know, be patient for for things like meeting friends and stuff like that. It will come, but it does take you a while to get settled. It's you know, it's a big city, um, and as you get older, it is that much harder. It seems like it's almost impossible to break into circles and stuff, but it happens. There is an infrastructure. I think uh, don't just be open to what Vancouver can offer. Don't come expecting everything you had back home with nicer scenery, you know? Yeah. Come in with an open mind, willing to do those new things, and, and you'll flourish here, I think. Is there any, just to push you a little bit further on that, because I think this is such a common thing we see where somebody comes over here, they have a breakup, and then they go home. Is there anything in that little gap when you've had something shite happen when you first come to somewhere? Is there any advice you could say to keep people kind of there? Do you know what I mean? Like, I think that's so common. We've we've had countless friends of ours that have come out here, had bad breakups, either gone home or had, like, a really rough patch. Is there anything you can tell people in that, like, little gap? Yeah, I think throw yourself into the things that this city offers you that nowhere else does yeah throw yourself up those mountains like throw yourself don't throw yourself off don't throw yourself (laughs) off the mountain throw yourself up the mountain you know do do all the things you can do here that you can't do anywhere else Mm. like go to those freezing cold lakes and plunge in naked you know just like live a little yeah yeah don't don't wallow in that and certainly don't suddenly see the green grass of the rolling hills and green grass of england god i miss it but don't think that that green grass is so much better than what's here because it's it's really not yeah yeah okay that was spawn joe thank you uh thank you for coming on great advice sir yeah fantastic um No, no, it's been great. We'll definitely have you on. It's been a long time coming. Far too long to be on the trivia. You've been um, promising me this for years. Can't believe we had to wait till Mark got cancelled. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a happy coincidence. In the minute yeah. Mark's not here, we finally get to like, on. Yeah. Yeah. Ideal opportunity. Yeah. Actually, is that what you're trying to tell me? Is that Mark was a, Mark was not in my corner? <laughs> no, no, the he's like, he's like did Joe. Did no, you, I don't want him. I did you not see the tweet? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's it. Was aimed at me. I was worried. Mark's an up and comer, up and coming actor. Joe's in the industry. I thought Mark could see this as too much of a networking event. Yeah, <laughs> would have, it would have ruined the pod. He did get business cards printed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, as we're talking now, Mark's just sliding paper. business cards <laughs> under Joe. Oh, I'm glad he didn't get those out. I go full Christian Bale. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we don't have any questions this week, but we do have, backed by popular demand, the uh, the explorers. Of yesterday, who have you got for us, Owen? <laughs> well, I, I told you before the pod that I hadn't prepared this, and I told so, you to get one ready. So it's, a good, it's a good time to just put it to the pod. Who's your favourite explorer um, of all times? We'll do a huge. Uh, explorer section, fictional and non-fictional. Obviously, Captain Jack Sparrow as as uh, you know. Yours, like, yeah. yeah, I'm gonna go Marco Polo. Marco Polo, fantastic. Yeah. So who who would you and, and then obviously Marco Polo is a real life. I should go. Character. I'm gonna go Marco Polo. But Yay! who are you gonna use as your <laughs> fiction, fictional character? Well, Thanks, Owen. That will completely <laughs> <laughs> Completely went over your head. Sorry, continue. I've still not got the bands just yeah. to compare. <laughs> Have you not heard of the North American game of Marco Polo? No, no. It's, no. it's basically like hide and seek with your oh, eyes. Oh yeah. <laughs> With your eyes shut, and then you say Marco, and the people around you meant to say Polo, and you have to try and find them. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I just thought you were inappropriately stroking my leg. That was a, that was a, that was a thing. All right, fair I enough. mean, that was happening too. But. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay. Well, yeah. So I didn't prepare for that section, right? Sorry. Um, uh, but yeah, your favorite explorer. Right? <laughs> Don't put it back on me. Yeah, no, can't. Um, oh, James Cook from Middlesbrough. Oh, yeah, nice. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Good choice. James the Cospel. Although I have heard some horrible things. I was gonna say in my panic, explorers are now coming back with terrible. I was gonna say Gassy Jack of Vancouver, but I think he's <laughs> <Gassy Jack. laughs> no, that, that look. Wait, no, get this Gassy Jack. Oh, Gassy Jack. No, he's, he's, he's down in Gastown. No, yeah. yeah, he's in Gastown. He's a famous. He's from somewhere. <laughs> no, 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 no. Joe loves a fat gag. I forgot. 
No, no, this is an actual bloke. What would it? Let me get some. Sounds like someone who lives in East Hastings. Oh, there's old Captain Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just some bloke. Some bloke on a bus that keeps on getting booted off. Um, Hold on, I'm going to get some information on Gassy Jack. Put it on incognito. Yeah. Well, I think he's getting cancelled at the moment because I heard they were pulling him down, so I don't want to. John Dayton. Here we go, John Dayton. No, His no, name's no. not even Jack. <laughs> no, no. Very unfortunate nickname. General known as Gassy Jack was a Canadian baron who was born in Hull, England, my hometown. The Gastown neighbourhood of Vancouver, BC is named after him. History. Growing up in Hull, a major seaport up, up the town. Uh, hold on. I want to see where his nickname came from. <laughs> Pretty obvious, mate. Nah, it was something to do with gas works or something. Yeah. <laughs> I can't find it. Oh, oh it's because he, he founded Gas Town, essentially. Um, yeah, we'll have more on that next week. <laughs> You've got your, uh, your famous explorer of old for next week, mate. There we go. go lodge, some, it's a lodge from uh, Go and do some research on Cassie Jack. Yeah, tell you what, he had a weird life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we'll all yeah. Find, find out more next week. So, yeah, yeah Cassie Jack. Go on Wikipedia like Owen. Yeah, 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 100%. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that section's back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're back. Yeah. Oh, right. Fantastic, Joe. Thanks ever so much for your time. Really oh, appreciate thanks, you coming on the pod, and we'd we'd yeah. love to have you back in future. That was a lot of um, And yeah, if anyone uh, out there wants to um, follow us on Instagram or social media, Facebook, we're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Leave reviews if you can. Um, if you also want to donate to Mark's legal fees, yeah. uh, will, we will be putting a link up. <laughs> I will say on that though, um, on uh, Spotify or iTunes, leave us a five star uh, and a review, uh, and that just gets our name out there a bit. It's it's really helpful. So uh, if you've got you any much. questions, so we can uh, do them instead of the explorative <laughs> past, then greatscapepodcast at outlook um, But yeah, thanks everyone for listening. Thank you again, Joe. And uh, yeah, see you soon. Good night. Thanks for listening to our podcast. I fucked it then. I actually fucked it then. Sorry, that's about that. That's just a misstep on that. We'll keep going. Just one more. Thanks for listening to our podcast. Follow us on social media. I've got nothing, lads. Anyone want a brew? Like it. Yeah, that's perfect.